0: Hello and welcome to TFT Talk, the podcast where we talk about all things TFT.
1: Because Jay Ed today in class, he was like, if you didn't read Lear, like, go be a pre-law major. And I didn't read Lear, so I was like, maybe I should just go be a pre-law major.
0: Lights, we have all these gizmos, we have all these sounds and all these, like, crazy, crazy
2: things. Experiencing this, my entire reality broke down. I was starting to, like, not be able to differentiate between the things that...
0: It's everyone's favorite director,
1: Nico Castro. And I'm everyone's favorite New Yorker, Zoe Berkeley.
2: And I'm Wes Lieberman, and I'm so cool that they're having me on alone.
0: <laughs> okay, I just want everybody to know that that is Wes's third intro today. <laughs> so, so he's had some practice to come up with that one. Um, this week is a little weird because we are starting with me and Kennedy, and we're just interviewing Sydney. And then on this episode, now we're just interviewing Wes. Um, we have been having some technical difficulties here over at TFT Talk. So we're figuring it out. We're making it work. We're doing the thing, but we're just going to start. So Wes, (laughs) the way that we like to start all of these podcasts is by asking our guests, typically, why they do what they do, but instead we're going to ask you, why do you do what you do? And what we mean by that is why do you do what you do in theater? So if you kind of just want to start by telling us, you know, what you do in theater and then why you do it.
2: All right, so throughout the college process, I developed a a multi-pronged response to this. So uh, I have some prepared words that I can, I can. uh, We would love to
0: hear them for the first time ever. This has never been done before.
2: All right, (laughs) so I think theater is important for several main reasons. Uh, The first reason is as a a form of bringing about change, that's uh, through changing people's hearts. Um, I think that the the only way to really bring about change is to change the, the minds of people who disagree with you. And while most people or a lot of people would advocate for changing of people's minds through statistics, through making a, a de- like debating a, a point and using sound logic. I think that the more effective way to actually change someone's views on something is by changing their heart. and the way we do that through art, but I think the most effective way of doing that is through storytelling, which is what theater is at its base. We tell a story that moves someone and moves them towards change. The second reason uh, that I think theater is really important is because it provides a release. It's a, a, a different place. Um, it, uh, when people uh, work really hard and they, they have a hard job and they're bogged down in their capitalistic society. They need a break. And and going, going to the theater and relaxing and seeing people being free, uh, feeling free to uh, express themselves, um, it, it allows them to experience the, the beauties of the world in a way that they might not have otherwise. And then for me personally, I really enjoy theater because... It allows me to experience the world in a freer way than I would have normally. And it also allows me to explore what it would be like to be someone else and to be in a different circumstance than I'm in.
0: What an eloquent answer. Thank you for sharing that with us. I see why you got into UCLA. Like just writing that down on a piece of paper, they're like, oh, this kid deserves to be here. (laughs) Like what a good answer, what a good response. And then you kind of made me spark a little question too. So you were talking about changing minds through stories, which I completely agree with, because one of the things that, you know, we've kind of been talking about this pod on this podcast time and time again, is that wonderful word of empathy and creating empathy with each other and, you know, and creating those kinds of things and everything. And so for me, um, the question that I have for you is either like, what stories do you think that we should be telling and whose minds should we be changing?
2: Well, I think that's a, a very complicated question with um, several very complicated answers. Uh, I think most most importantly, I think we, we need to be using specific stories and we need to be uh, presenting them in a way that's enjoyable. Um, I think you've had a uh, 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 podcast about this before, but um, deadly theater is something that I am very opposed to. Um, anytime you're trying to shove your opinions down someone's throat, it's generally not going to work and they're going to get annoyed. Um, I think that it's way more effective to tell a microcosmic story. Like you don't, you don't make a play about the horrors of war. You make a play about this one soldier and their personal experience, because instead of, instead of seeing the statistic, you see the individual tragedy and that's much more moving in terms of who do we need to see theater? Unfortunately, um, most, the, the way that the theater industry is set up, it's generally going to be the same group of older, wealthier white individuals, um, which can be good in uh, helping uh, people who have had older uh, older stigmas from when when they're in a different time, learn about what, social life is like now however I think that it's really important that we make sure that theater is accessible to everyone and that theater is especially accessible to people who will then be motivated to use it for good
1: maybe a strange or difficult question but like what role do you want to play in like making that shift in like your audience and like or like in a production that you that you want to be a part of like how do you see yourself fitting into that kind of change and like who is theater going to and who is theater for
2: like my own personal role in the in the in the production well so i i have several different goals like i i definitely want to be an actor um i also want to write both music and um plays at some point. Um, I'm not at that point yet. Uh, I I write music, but um, I'm not at the point yet where I want to put that forth into the world. I think as an actor, it's really interesting because you have to straddle the playwright's intention and the character's intention because every, every choice you make as an actor has to come from truth, the truth of the character. And so even if there might be some specific choice that you think better highlights the social um, or political um, ramifications of the piece, it, that still doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make, make the, uh, the most powerful statement. You have to be true to your character and what, and if the playwright's done a good job, you being truthful as your character then should be the thing that inspires them towards change. Not My job as an actor is not to push the message on other people. The message should be pushed by me just existing truthfully.
0: And fulfilling the role and fulfilling your job as the actor is like actually telling the story that the playwright has written and it's an authenticity.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: I-,
1: I love that. I love that you have this like authentic point of view of theater. And I think that's like really beautiful. And I think it's something that sometimes we, think we've lost or we see we've lost and I think that's interesting and you're a musical theater emphasis and I assume like I know you said you want to be an actor but I assume also you want to like continue in that like music theater singing actor realm but I think sometimes there's like this misconstrued idea brought upon by some theater goers who think that like musical theater is all very like I don't even know the right word to describe it. It's
0: like, like lights and bags and all that, like stuff. I
1: think people see it just as entertainment and it's not really like meaningful. I think it takes, I think, I, I think it is meaningful, but I think people don't always see it that way. And so I'm just like, it might be kind of a vague question, but just like, how do you feel about the way that other people think about what you do?
2: Well, I, I would be lying if I said that a lot of people's opinions on that are unfounded, Um, I think musical theater has the potential to fall into the trap of being showy and frivolous and not really saying anything. Uh, I think it, that was especially the case in uh, certain time periods. Like I think the eighties was very frivolous with the way that, um, the industry was going. I think now we're reaching a level where there are, are more extremely meaningful works like, uh, the band's visit like Hadestown. Um, Even if we do then still have the Mean Girls and the Sponge. Oh yeah, because I was going to say, um, I was like,
0: we live in the age of the mega musical right now. And we live in like the age of the jukebox musical right now. And two of which I will, I don't want to do those shows. The shows are done a lot. And it's like, so I do think that we're still at a point where it's like very commercialized. Like Broadway is about making money. It's not about like telling those meaningful stories. At least right now, that's what it seems like.
2: Yes, um, and I would, I mean, we're, I I don't think necessarily we'll move completely away from that, but I would hope that it it starts to move more towards authenticity. But um, to my point about uh, why musical theater specifically for me is valuable, um, even if other people might find it uh, less valuable, is because it is the intersection of three art forms, because People think of theater, they think of high art. People think of opera, they think of high art. People think of ballet, they think of high art. So when the three of them come together, why should it sink? Why shouldn't it float? And I think that is, should be ultimately the goal of musical theater artists is to combine these three forms and elevate them into one sort of greater form.
0: So then that kind of, that. yeah, that's amazing. No, I think. I that yeah and then that kind of sparks my next question too about like just how we can go about doing that because to me it seems like right now we have all the spectacle we have all these lights we have all these gizmos we have all these sounds and all these um, like crazy crazy things and like something even um an example that i like to bring up is like the um newest revival of west side story with all of the cameras and like these big screens and like the rain falling on the stage and as amazing and expensive. As all of that is at the end of the day I feel like it really pulled away from the entire like point of West Side Story and everything and I feel like one of the biggest things that we could do is really like stop downing down on the spectacle of it all and really trying to focus on like the story and the message in the song because like um in follies oh what what song it it's like one of her like last songs but she just sings it and it's like all it is is a woman standing on stage singing to the audience but it's like one of the most impactful songs that i've ever seen done without all of those things but it's like because like you said it was a mix of all three of those like amazing beautiful art forms
2: because when When we looked at uh, Aristotle's poetics in um, theater... Thirteen. Thirteen, yes. Okay, Um,
0: theater 13, theater 15, theater 11. Yes, uh... in
2: in pretty much every theater class (laughs) you've ever had. (laughs) Um, Aristotle does put spectacle as number six out of six of the important parts of theater. And we do need to have it because we do still need to draw in the masses. That's still important. That's why movies reach such a wider audience than theater does um well besides the fact that a movie ticket's like $16 and a theater ticket's like 40 to 300 but um and that's not even a oh those
0: are the those are the nosebleeds like for $40
2: (laughs) um where was I going with this um
1: spectacles last
2: yeah so we we need to decentralize spectacle like um when a show like Phantom of the Opera is focused is like the main event of the show is a chandelier falling, that's really not saying anything. True. It's not important. It's not really I mean. It's beautiful. If you that... ever
0: if you've ever been to Phantom of the Opera and you've seen the chandelier fall, it's great. <laughs> but other than entertainment purposes. What
1: does it mean? Or like what is it doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and I, and I think Exactly yeah. I think there's a lot of merit to that too and it's just like an interesting conversation of like of because like we, we, we banked on spectacle so heavily because there was something that like we had never had before. But then like with the invention of like CGI and like you can go to the theater and see Endgame and see all of that, you know, it's like we're oversaturated with spectacle already, like with all these action movies and all like the film of it all. So I feel like theater should be the place where we can actually be like, we need to do what we need rather than what we want.
2: Yes. Yeah, so my high school theater teacher would always say, um, theater can never compete with film in terms of spectacle, like with CGI, with huge, massive budgets. Like we we can't compete with that. What we can, what we what theater does have that film doesn't have is the fact that you're like existing in a room with the person who's receiving uh, the art, and they're a part of the creation, and that element of of like togetherness of community that's really what makes the theater as an art form specifically so moving because not only are you seeing this moving story you're a part of it and we can achieve that most through intimacy between the actors and the performers and the audience
1: i think that is like super interesting that you like compare and contrast theater and film like that because i think Michael Hackett did the same thing fall quarter and he was talking about that feeling of like breathing with the audience you know when you're actually in when you're an actor when you're on stage or even just like sitting in the audience like you feel that sensation with people so I guess my next question is sort of how you wish to see like a greater impact in like film or if you think that there is like zero capability for that or how you just would like further like differentiate the capability for like moving an audience like through those two completely different art forms that yet seem to fall under the same umbrella.
2: Well, yeah, I I'm um, definitely would not claim that film doesn't have the ability to move people because that's just a blatant lie. Right. Um, it just it moves people in a more, at least when I when I'm moved by films, is generally more um, more of like a an intellectualized, disconnected feeling. Whereas when I saw Angels in America, I sat there for like seven and a half hours experiencing this. My entire reality broke down. I was starting to like not be able to differentiate between the things that were happening in the show and like things that were actually happening. That's that's the sort of um, the sort of like visceral um reaction that you have to experiencing it live but that doesn't mean that the uh the other form that films can't be can't be moving because they they definitely can and i think the uh the greatest uh, asset of films is that they have a much wider reach and they can move a, a larger chunk of people
0: yeah for sure No, I think there's a lot of merit in saying that. And I think that both art forms definitely have like a lot of agency when it comes to just being able to enact change. So then this big thing about creating empathy and this big thing about telling the right stories, and making sure that like, who's telling them is like the people who need to be telling them and then who's seeing them need to be the people who need to be seeing them and everything. Beyond stories and everything and like that, the issue of all of that, what are other issues that you kind of see like in our field today that you feel like we could really, really kind of be improving on right now?
2: Well, I think the most glaring problem is the problem of of who tells the stories. So, I mean, as like a, a cis straight white man, there are far too many cis straight white men in the field. And this is undeniable and and not that like being a cis white straight i'm saying this too much not that like i can't have valid experiences but it's like my experiences aren't the default and my experiences aren't like what everyone needs to be seeing so i think the the main the main way that we can improve the industry right now is through inclusion both in um both in who we cast and also in who we facilitate to see the productions. the way the way that we get um, ignorant people to change their views isn't by saying like you're like a bad person it's by saying you can do this to like become better. Um, so I think in terms of what is the role, I think it's mainly just decentralization it's just like stepping aside for a second we 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 have enough shows where there are plenty of people who are exactly the same (laughs) um and that's fine i'll i'll always be working there are plenty of revivals but in terms of modern shows uh and hopefully future shows more so um I'm, I'm not, I'm not always going to be playing the lead and that's definitely a good thing.
0: Right. And I think, I think that like, even for me, because like, I'm working on a piece right now that has to deal with seven different characters and I have a straight white man in it. He's not the main character and he dies pretty early on, but um, like, it, like he's still a part of it. He's still a part of the story because straight white men are still a part of this shit. Like they should be, because if, if we just like, like, If not, we'd go back to where we were just discriminating against one group of persons. Again, it's like, when we shouldn't be doing that, we should be moving towards inclusion for everybody. And when we say everybody, we mean everybody.
2: Yeah. We're, we're trying to express the breadth of humanity. Um, and that humanity includes all people. That's why the, the whole idea of forced diversity is so ridiculous because it's like people exist and those people are, are there too. But, um, yeah, I think it we can't we can't completely exclude one group just because they've been in the spotlight for a while. We just need to move them out of the spotlight, but like not off stage, just like stage right of the spotlight or something.
1: No, I just love that. I mean, I completely agree. I think it's like definitely about building towards like a harmonious like environment especially in our industry because like we always like on the podcast like we've had this constant theme of like empathy and like what that means and like I think if you just start going being like you're bad you're bad you're bad you're bad you don't like you know what I mean like like Wes said it's kind of counterproductive
0: Well, I think it's about like making sure that everybody is seeing every story because when we go to that point where it's like, oh no, 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 only Mexican people should be watching Mexican stories. Only white people need to be watching white stories. Only like when you get to that point, it's like, well, no, now these people are only caring about themselves. It's like they, everybody has to care about everybody and it's hard and it's a lot. It's a huge ask for us as like theater people to be like, well, I just need you to care about everything all the time and everybody. Like you can't, you can't do that. it is something where you should be aware and you should be able to like have empathy for everybody
2: I mean I don't know if this is like super important and everyone needs to know about it but I think one thing about me that is different from probably most of our peers in TFT is that like theater is not really like the fundamental joy of like of my life like um I I love theater and I Love, um, I love acting so much, but what comes more naturally and, um, more easily to me is music. And that's always been, um, that's always been what I've done, like, when I can do anything. Um, and that's writing music, it's, it's talking, uh, talking about watching videos about music theory, that's, um, singing like f- very frequently, which my sister can tell you if you if you need proof um but I think that's what makes um tft so so great for me is because I want to move into a world where of course in in musical theater the music is important but it's not like theatrical music that's opera it's musical theater and so um I want to move into a world where I feel more comfortable as an actor first instead of a singer than actor but why Well, because in terms of storytelling, I think that the story should be at the root of everything in musical theater.
1: But do you not think of like, I don't know, you have this passion for music that really comes first to you. And like, that's where you feel like the, I guess, like the most, I guess, creative, I would assume. And like, it flows the most for you. And like, you say you want to be an actor first. But like, if you're so passionate about music, like, how do you see I mean, obviously, in musical theater, but like, what place do you see like music itself, like having in the theater industry or like, what do you want to do with music at some point? Cause I doubt that you'll just like neglect it when you decide that like, Oh, I'm ready to be an actor first. But like, I don't know, where do you see yourself going with like music?
2: Yeah. So I'm absolutely not going to neglect it. Um, I think the reason that why musical theater is like specifically so great to me instead of just theater is because Um, music is like I think the the clearest and most um most visceral way of just pure expressing pure emotion and so when you're when you're doing musical theater it's like you already have so much uh emotional impact already like shoved into what the orchestra is doing what you're singing and so in that way it just like augments the uh it augments the story in a way that I think is really powerful um, in terms of what role music is going to play in my life. I, I do want to do straight plays, but my ultimate interest is musical theater. So it's always going to be, um, it's always going to be a part of my performing life. But then besides that, I also, I also want to, or I, I write music and I want to, I want that to continue to be a part of what I do. And yeah, I don't.
1: No, that's so great. I don't know. I was just really curious because I think sometimes like, like I know I'm a person who like, I love music and I love musical theater, but like in like my brain and like the way I do music, like I differentiate the two because like, I'm not like, like a musical theater girl, like not anymore. Like I used to be in this, just like not who I am anymore. So I don't see them intertwined, but like I, I was just really curious.
2: Yes. So I'm interested in music and theater. And how they intersect and how they don't. So I don't don't think they they need to be they they need to be like intrinsically together, but I also don't think that um they are they need to be mutually exclusive. I think there's a good combination of both.
0: So moving forward with your career here at TV- TFT, but also just your career beyond, do you think that you'll be focused more on straight plays, musicals, movies even?
2: Um, well, I can definitively say that I do not want to do movies and I'm not ruling it out forever. It just, it doesn't really interest me. The the part that I like is the the live, um, community of theater. Um, I, I do want to do straight plays, but, um, my ultimate focus is probably going to be in musical theater. Um, not the least because that's probably where I'm most castable in, um, just because uh, the musical aspect is where I shine, and acting through singing uh, as opposed to acting through talking, which is it's very different.
1: Oh yeah, it's completely
0: different. Okay. I don't sing, so I don't know. No singing.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's weird because you're speaking, but like every word is like a second long, so. And then sometimes it's you even like, like talk
0: through songs too. Like like you're singing, you're singing, you're singing, but then like you start talking and like you can hear the difference.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you need to have motivation for so much more. If I say like or I don't have a good example, but um where whereas as a as an actor you have so much control over inton, uh, like intonation, over rhythm, over um like your inflection, you really don't have that kind of control when you're singing. And so you have to go to other ways, like um, quality of sound and your, your intentionality in singing. It's, it's your intentionality is probably what comes through the most, like what you are picturing. Uh, singing is a lot about imagery in a way that straight acting sometimes isn't.
1: Can you elaborate more? I just, like, have to know, like, why you, like, really are just, like, so, like, I don't want to do movies.
2: Y- yeah. I mean, it just, you're sitting in a trailer for 14 hours a day working two of them. It just seems kind of
0: boring. And then, I, I, yeah, what was that, Zoe? It's
1: just, like, killing what I want to do.
0: Oh, oh. Like, well, I mean, also, in movies, like, you have to, you're only doing it for a couple of minutes, or hours, like, like, like. like for everybody else is working on the thing for like five years you're working on it for like three months like it's it's like the actor's role in film is so different than the actor's role in theater and it's just so less I feel
1: like
2: and yeah if we want to talk about like commercialization like yes Broadway and the theater industry is like extremely commercialized but absolutely nowhere near as commercialized and um like, um, as, um, like, made into entertainment as the Hollywood industry, which um, is not the only industry, but in terms of working actors, that does seem to, Zoe, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, She's like, she's like, well, it's it's ruined. I'm never, I'm never going into film now.
1: I think I'm just going to be a poli-sci or pre-law major. Oh, my God. Wait, I was going to say, because Jay had today in class, he was like, if you didn't read Lear, like, go be a pre-law major. And I didn't read Lear, so I was like, maybe I should just go be a pre-law major.
0: There you go. Maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs>
1: Anyway, actually like you know what? Anyway. I don't think gonna listen. To I you. think
0: your true calling is just being on this podcast. I think that you've peaked, it's over. Oh
2: absolutely. I'm this is this is the top. It's all downhill.
0: <laughs> just here. absolute garbage. Honestly. That's your career. No, I'm just saying. So
1: what is in-person school anyway? Like I think it's just like, you know, nothing compared to this.
0: Sounds like the same procuring call. It's everybody's favorite director, Nico Castro. I'm
1: everyone's favorite New Yorker, Zoe Berkeley.
2: And I'm Wes Lieberman, the dude so cool that I get my own show.
0: Thank you so much, Wes, for being on your own episode. And thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you so much for all of our listeners for listening to Wes's episode. (laughs) See you guys next week.